Hey everybody The song that you're listening to is uh, Ghostbusters Performed and written by Ray Parker Jr. And uh, on this episode On this episode we went <laughs> over uh, The review of Ghostbusters uh, We Obviously. went over our <laughs> throwback flicks of the week which were extraordinary tales and alfred hitchcock presents mm-hmm. we went over a couple of movie news and we ended with our top five buddy films yeah and uh our review for ghostbusters 2 is not we're not feminist bashing all right we're yeah not doing, we're not sexist yeah that's what they, that's the name of it but I don't know what that's I exactly about. what you're gonna think when you hear this yeah, podcast. that's what you're probably gonna hear but we're not we want you to watch the movie and then judge the movie for yourself. Unsexual bias. We want your unbridled thoughts on this movie. Please, please give us that. And I guarantee you, you're going to find out that that movie was just trash. Just like all other movies. Just like, it's up there, the trashy movies, is up there with, uh, let's say, Twilight. Oh wow! I would say that I've never seen Twilight, but <laughs> I wish I would have never seen this movie. And uh, enjoy the episode. <laughs> Everybody, how's it going? And welcome to We Synced It. I synced it. Yes, it is a podcast where we talk about films and everything that is attached to it. How's everybody doing? What's up, everyone? This is Kev. Yes. How's it going, Pat? I'm doing all right. I'm doing fantastic. Even though we just saw a um, a lackluster movie today. <laughs> I mean. Uh, for you people who don't know, uh, today is uh, Friday the 14th? The 15th. The 15th. The year Wait, of is it the Lord. 15th or is it the 14th? Uh, I'm going to say the... F- today is the 15th. The 15th, the year of our Lord. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> me and Kevin went to go see a, uh, a film that um, is getting mixed, mixed reviews, we could say. I, it's been getting... Mixed reviews ever since the first trailer. I think this is the first time I've ever seen that. No, it was getting terrible reviews. Yeah, true. It it was the most hated trailer ever. Which, which I I was thinking to myself, like, yo, there's a lot more. There's a, I've seen a lot worse like trailers out there. I don't know why everybody just pitched, you know, just they got on this bandwagon of hate just for this trailer. But I mean, to each their own. Um, the movie that we're talking about is none other than Ghostbusters. Who you gonna call? Yeah, or answer the call. It's one of those. But <laughs> it was um, what you got to say, Kevin? <laughs> what oh you got man! To say, what you got oh to say? man! <clears throat> well, I know that uh, anyone who 
gives a an unfavorable review of this movie is automatically labeled um, sexist. Yeah. So I guess I'm going to say I label me sexist all you want because I did not like this movie. Um, I'm not saying that the movie was bad. Um, like it wasn't horrible. I, I, I think I, I've seen worse movies this year so far. Yeah, I mean, if rating the movie, if we can rate that movie for just this year, um, we can basically say that out of this year, that movie was uh, pretty damn good. It was the year so far, that movie's in the top 10. I would not put it top 10. Top <laughs> not 10 a, movies? Not on my list. I would not put it top 10. Of this um, year so far. Of this year so far, yes. The Oscar movies haven't even come <clears throat> out yet. So right now, that movie is like... It's an eight right now. I don't even know if I would have a top ten yet because the Oscar movies haven't come out. I think I like would have you, like a top five and it's not on that to, five. But if you had to. If like, I had to? Oh. You would put it in the list, wouldn't you? <sighs> Just because you saw it. Because it was a movie that you saw. Man, Swiss Army Man was better than this. Yeah, it was. Nice Guys was better than this. Okay, that's in the top ten. Those movies um, are being put in the top ten. Captain America. Did we forget about yeah, that? Captain in America. Ten. That's in the top ten. Um, you see, now I can't remember what we saw this year. Now I'm, I mean, all, that, that, I'm all blanked out. By default, it has to go <clears> in the top ten. Just by default. Just because I don't even think we've seen like ten movies this year. This is our, what, seventh episode? Yeah. One of the episodes or a couple of episodes we didn't see. Okay, fine. We haven't seen more than 10 movies <laughs> yeah. so far this year. But uh, that's the only reason why it would be on the list. On the only reason why it would be on the list. But you gave it a... You, you, you said something earlier and you said the the rewatch value. Yes. So this movie is does not deserve a rewatch value. Um, it's... Um, and like if, if it comes out uh, on DVD, yeah. I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to rent it. I saw it once. That was enough. I can tell you play by play everything that happens in the movie. Most likely it's going to be out on Fox. <laughs> it's going to be on, uh, what's the name? FX. FX. Guaranteed. FX has the movies. Guaranteed it's going to be on FX. And I'm definitely going to I'm definitely gonna miss it on FX. It's probably going to be on Stream. It's going to be on Netflix. You know what? Um, if it's on Netflix, if it was on Netflix while I was injured, I probably would have watched it. If I w- if I didn't watch it before, I probably would have watched it. Well, would it that would that be because you fell asleep during the movie? Oh yeah, <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I fell I fell asleep uh, during the movie, and it was during the the climax of the movie. <laughs> like that's when everything started changing. I remember dozing off a little bit as soon as um they went to go talk to the mayor. I was like, okay, I see what's going on here. They go back home, and for some reason, I went to sleep. And when I woke up, there was only three of them. Christina Wig wasn't there. She wasn't there. I was like, "What happened? What, what what happened in that situation?" She wasn't there, and it was just the three. And one of them got possessed. What you call it? Uh, what's the name? Michelle. Um, Melissa. Melissa McCarthy's. Yeah. Melissa, uh, yeah. Yeah. She got possessed, and I was like, I watched, and then I fell back to sleep, and then when I woke up. All the all I remember is just there was nothing but a bunch of ghosts just running amok in uh, New York, and I didn't know what happened. But I started watching it from there because I'm like, yeah, I paid the ten bucks, ten dollars and ninety cents to watch this movie, so I'm gonna finish it out. 
I, it's, I have a lot of stuff to say. Because um, I did what you're not supposed to do when watching a movie that? like this. I kept thinking about the original movie. Mm. So I kept comparing it. Yeah, but they, keep, they kept on throwing it in our faces. Yeah, just true. They kept on throwing those references in our faces. Um, now, when I'm thinking of the old film, I'm thinking of comedy. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking of horror mm-hmm. being put together, which is one of the reasons why Ghostbusters, the original one, became such a memorable film. You have two genres coming together. And at that time, that didn't exist. Now we have a lot of movies that are like that, like Shaun of the Dead and movies like that. Yeah. That, you know, combine the genres. But I, I guess you can say Ghostbusters was like the first like funny horror movie. And dude, some of the scenes were really horrific. Like you had... um. The hounds, which were really terrifying. Yeah. You had the scene with Sigourney Weaver sitting in the chair and the hands come up and just like pretty much like molest her on the yeah, chair. <laughs> you had the ghost in the library, which was totally freaky. This one didn't have that. It was just goofy from beginning to end. Now, the beginning of the movie did. It started out like started out real with good. that with that feeling. So yeah. I was like, OK, maybe I might, let, might enjoy this. Like the first 15 minutes were we're good yeah then it just started to fall off with the jokes and joke after joke after joke after joke after joke after joke and i felt like i was watching scooby-doo and the the monsters i'm sorry but in a movie like this you got to keep the cgi to a minimum like how they did with the original ghostbusters the ghosts in the original ghostbusters look better than these yeah because they actually used camera tricks. This one was like pure CGI. They had like a pterodactyl thing. That's when I thought like, okay, this is like Scooby-Doo. This is just like dumb. And, you know, in the in the original Ghostbusters, the cameos that they had were significant. Like um, there's a scene in the original Ghostbusters where you see like Larry King talking about the Ghostbusters. You see, uh, you hear Casey Kasem on the radio. And the reason why was because those people were actually significant at that time. They throw in Ozzy Osbourne for like half a second. And I was like, what was the purpose of that? There was no significance. Like he's not. Sig- off, I think it was everything is supposed to go off in nostalgia value. Even though this movie, I guess, is supposed to be geared towards. It was rated PG-13. So it was supposed to be uh, parents. And the parents are like people who are, who are our age who watched the movie when they were little kids. So I guess for the most part, I guess. Um, Hollywood's thoughts were that, oh, okay, well, I like the original movie. Let's watch this movie. I'm going to watch it with my kid. But um, it was just too much. <laughs> it was just too much uh, nostalgia. To If if this movie would have came out, like, if there was never a Ghostbusters that came out in the 80s, this movie would have still been bad. Even yeah. though I just don't, the, re- the reason why I, I don't like it is for these two things. Um, the first reason is that Ghostbusters 1, the original movie that came out, it had a lot of char- uh, character development in it. Not, I mean, you, you really couldn't do that much with uh, an hour and 30 minutes that was given, but it was enough so you can actually care about the characters. In this movie, I tried. I really tried to, to care about the characters. And, and the only thing that made me care about the characters is because of their past work that they've done, yeah. like on SNL or other stuff that I've seen them in. And um, <clears throat> I didn't really, I didn't really catch on to any of the characters in this movie. Um, and another reason that 
I didn't like the movie is because the fact that uh, I read some of the reviews earlier this week and the fact that uh, one of the reviews, the title was A Win for Feminism. And I was to myself, I'm like, why does it have to be a win for feminism? Why can't we just watch a movie and just see just see, see if it what it was? It was a bad movie. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? If y'all need that, y'all need it. Because uh, I see feminism as a group. Me being black. All right. We have uh, black movies that are just coming out just for just for black sake. So feminism should have a movie that just come out just for <laughs> feminism sake. Feminism. 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 Feminism sake. <laughs> so, I mean, if y'all want to take this, if y'all want to take this as a notch, go ahead. But um, there's a lot more movies that. Remember, I had that talk with you that I think that are more feminist than uh, than what you call it, uh, Mad Max. Uh, this movie, there's a lot more movies that are more feminist. Alien, Sigourney Reaver is in that. That's more. That's some more of a feminist movie. I mean, she even said something about "Get your hands off my daughter, you bitch," which was a pretty cool line. That's a feminist line because she was talking to another alien chick. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, what's the name of that uh, X Men movie? Days of Future Past. I think that's a feminine uh, feminism movie because uh, it's about this girl whose name is Mystique, who basically uh, she is torn between the uh, like ba- her brother who is uh, Professor X and someone who she loves who is uh, Magneto. Magneto, and she has to. And you see that they're both trying to tell her what to do, and she just wants to do her own thing. During that whole fucking movie, that's all she wants to do. She just wants to do her own thing, and how, and how powerful is that to show you that 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 uh, she's gonna do her own thing? Then she, uh, at the end, she doesn't shoot the the president of the United States. She whoops Magneto's ass, so she doesn't listen to either one of those people. And uh, Professor X tries to to get her to uh, what you call to come back with him and. And she was like, nah, I'm not having it because I'm going to do my own thing because I'm a woman and I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. I'm like, oh, you, you know what? That's a feminist movie. Nobody said anything about that in that movie. But they did say any, they did say some stuff about Apocalypse, which I still haven't seen yet. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't seen it. Yeah. But to go back to what you were saying about the, um, you had mentioned um, character development. Yeah. Ghostbusters had a lot of it. Um, each of the characters had their individual stories. I guess the only one that didn't have that much of a story was um, what was his name? The the really nerdy one with the glasses. But Vinkman, Egon, Egon, yeah, <laughs> Egon didn't really have that much. But Egon. it but it was okay. He was like you know like that background character. But you had Sigourney Weaver who played. Like the almost like the damsel in distress, uh-huh. and I'm and I'm sure they they don't want to put a damsel in distress in this movie, but there was a reason for her character, and then you find out one of the Ghostbusters falls in love with her, yeah, and, and he's trying to that, help her while she's being possessed. For the damsel in distress, she was pretty strong. She was yeah. she was a a pretty strong woman. She uh, what she was a, no, she didn't have a mother. Was she a she was a single mother in the beginning, right? No, she didn't have any kids in part two. She has a kid. Okay, yeah. In part one, she was just a sing- uh, she was just the regular girl who she had some stuff going on in her house. Yeah, she wasn't having anything that uh, what's the name was throwing at her. 
she was just a strong woman who knows how to play a violin, apparently. Right. And uh, she just needed some help on this one situation, which was basically like she just needed oil change. But <laughs> but throughout the movie, mm. her relationship with Bill Murray starts yeah. to develop. None of that is in this movie. Like, there's no development. Like, I guess you can say the only development is Kristen Wiig's character and Melissa McCarthy are supposed to be friends and yeah. they become better friends. And But... It just wasn't as interesting. Um, the villain in the movie, there was, he seemed cool. Yo, his. But I don't thing, know what his background is. Yeah, man. Because in the beginning of the movie, when they showed that uh, he had this, uh, oh, spoiler alert! Just <laughs> you know what? You when you when you listen to this podcast, you should know that we're gonna spit out some fucking spoilers. In this movie, you find out that uh, in the beginning of the movie, you find out that he has some type of contraption that actually brings out a ghost. Out of from uh, whatever dimension they come into, they they from into our dimension. So, and I'm like, oh shit, that is a pretty cool ass uh, thing that they're doing. And you would think that they would develop this character any uh, even more. All they give him is one reveal, one monologue reveal of him talking to himself into the mirror, and that's it. Nothing else. And all I think his story was he was just like a guy that yeah, was, was misunderstood. Creep. Yeah, he was just a creep or weirdo. In New it. York. Like they're everywhere, man. Yeah. You're not alone. Why 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 do you feel so singled out? There was but, no Uh but I mean, yeah, even Vigor from part <laughs> two had a better uh what you call it. And he didn't even have that many lines in the movie. Mm-mm. <laughs> but I hmm. They tried. I mean, it's going to make their money. Guaranteed, they're going to make their money back. And we might be seeing a part two. Not really sure. Because, I wouldn't be surprised if they made a part two. Yeah, I would because not be surprised. with all the, the positive reviews that they got from New York Times and uh, all these others, I seriously believe that the people who are writing these reviews are just writing it just so they could just uh, be like, uh, what's the name if, of that shit? Just hip to it. Right. Just like, oh, I'm so not mainstream that... I'm going to like this movie, and that is mainstream. I'm going to make mm. something that people don't like. I'm going to make it likable. And I, you know what? And I have to blame the people who dislike the, the, the trailer in the beginning. Because what you guys just did, it's like, um, it's like, let's say this. There was the, when you were in elementary school, there was that kid who was always like, he was always an asshole to you. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, all the girls always flocked to him, right? They always liked him. And then, you know, you always, like, beat him up. But every time you try to beat him up, the girls would just all flock to him. So you really couldn't get to him. He's like, nah, stop. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. That's exactly what just happened with this moment right here. Because it's like, now all of them are just protecting this one movie. And they're holding it above in the air. And he's like, yo, I can't get to it. This movie is trash. And they don't see it. Because of what I just did, <laughs> the fact that the only only part they've seen, the only part of uh, their scene of this movie is just that it got so much hate from uh, from people out out in the world that that hate was mixed in with people who actually just hate the whole feminist movement, who hate everything about uh, all that other stuff. And to be honest, sometimes a movie is just bad, <laughs> but. People don't hear that. All they hear is just that, well, sometimes the movie is just bad. And then they, they attach stuff like, because there's women in it. But it's no, no, no. It has nothing to do with women because 
What's that movie that you that you made me see last week? Uh, <laughs> uh, mean Girls for the first time. I saw that movie and that was fucking hilarious. And I'm like, yo, that movie is hilarious. That had women in it. Um, yo, I just don't see movies like that. I just don't see movies that is like, yo, I've seen the Yaya, the Yaha sister sisterhood or whatever the. What's the name of that movie? Yeah, the, the Yaya, Yaya yeah. the Yaya Sisterhood movie. I saw that movie. Well, I saw it when I was in school, but I still saw it and I enjoyed it. Uh, I saw the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. I saw that, that movie. That's the same movie. Really? The Yaya Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm talking about Still Magnolia. <laughs> I don't, okay. You know, I I haven't seen either of those you movies. You never seen both? No. Yeah, man. I've seen both of those movies. I've seen the, the Sisterhood <laughs> of the Traveling Pants, and I've seen uh, the Still Magnolia. Both of them, uh, the, 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 the pants one I saw on a Sunday, and it was a rainy Sunday. I saw that movie, and I was like, it's all right. It's a, it's a what you call it. I, I'm taking that movie for what it is. It's a Sunday. It's a Sunday rainy morning movie. And, yo, I watched that whole thing. I didn't bat an eyelash. I didn't say, oh, what the, f- the hell is going on? I didn't do any <laughs> of that. I watched that whole thing. The, uh, the Still Magnolias, I watched that movie, and I actually enjoyed it because it was funny. Even though uh, it had some serious points, but it had some, some joking mo- moments in there. And what trailer did I see when we, uh, when we were watching the movie? Um, Bridget, Jones, Bridget Jones Get Knocked Up. That movie. <laughs> I saw that trailer, and that trailer looked uh, it looked all right. I can't. Have you seen any of them? No, nah, I've never seen them. I'm not planning on seeing this movie. I'm not planning on seeing that Bridget don't Jones. We sound. I, I know I sound like a sexist mm. person right now, but I don't God, like her face. That, uh, I told you that the movie did. I'm not. I'm not a fan of her dude, new face. Dude, it's it's a movie about a guy. She likes a guy, and then she likes another guy, and then they fight she, for her. Yeah, but she, like, but she ends up. Uh, she ends up uh, fucking two dudes. On two separate days, but they're two days like right after another. Then she finds out that she's pregnant, and but she had that same scenario in the first movie. Really? It's two guys fighting for her. Like we saw this already. I, I saw this movie with my wife, and I was just sitting there like, "This is I, I don't see anything compelling about this story." That's what the thing was about. You know why? <laughs> I'm over. I gotta put my head down on this one because I didn't know that's what the. I thought this was like a a new spin on the old like on a. On her story of her life, so she just always constantly been in this uh, menage these, a trois. These little pickles, you know, like oh no, she's in another predicament. What is she gonna do? Which guy is she gonna pick? Come that's, on, Bridget, that's... get your shit together, girl. <laughs> God damn it! I didn't know that's what it was, but I mean, you know, comment, comment. Is that what you women like in movies? This this, this is starting to be a, a feminist episode right now. Is that what you women like in movies? Y'all don't like um. Like more, no, I can't. That's gonna sound sound. No, I'm gonna say it. Y'all don't like like more substance other than just oh me trapped in between two guys kind of stuff. Yeah, y'all want more substance in the in the story. I know y'all watch dramas because I, I I've I've spoken to women about dramas like uh, Academy Award dramas. Well, film films film chicks who are into film uh, like. Uh, like the King's speech and stuff like that. I, I've spoken to you about it, and you know you have something compelling to say, but I don't understand what 
you know what? I think that's just the trash food. That's just the trashy movies. That 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 must be uh, the female equivalent to Michael Bay movies. Wow, has to. It Oof. has to be. Woof. It has to be. That, that hurts, man. No. That stings. No, no, because no, but the I, same I see way, the same way that uh, us guys are like, oh, Michael Bay is coming out with a movie. It's just gonna be nothing but. It's just like blind gratification. Like you could just watch that, not have a thought go through your mind, and enjoy yourself. And you just know what happened. Like somebody was to ask you what happened at the end of the movie. Like yeah, the the, the heroes win, and you you basically just told the whole story. Maybe that's the equivalent to a female. That's how they see their, or, or women, because I see that uh, y'all yeah, don't like to be called females. Uh, maybe that's how women see those movies because um, it just like it just it just draws emotions out. You know, it just draws like a lot of like happiness, sadness. The same way that we like to we like to men are visual creatures, women are like emotional creatures. So they like to play with their emotions when they watch movies. We like to we like to stimulate our visuals while women like to play with their emotions while they're watching the movie. Like get invested into the characters and stuff like that. And feel sad one moment. Like the notebook. Oh <laughs> that that right there just like full is it's too much drama. Too much drama for your mama right there. That movie is just it's just too much. It's, it's, it's to the point that I'm like, when I watch that movie, I'm like, yo, man, this can't be this can't be life. <laughs> I'm like, this can't be life. And at the end of the movie, you think that everything is going to end out uh, peachy keen, and it's not. I'm like, yo, this is how the movie's going to end? Oh, this movie's trash. I remember watching the movie just thinking to myself, oh, this is trash. This movie is trash. I'm never watching this movie again. And I mean, um, <sighs> Ghostbusters, man. Ghostbusters. <laughs> Who are you gonna call? <laughs> Who are you gonna call, man? Not these Ghostbusters. Not these. But yo, that that idea that that was that was in the Zeitgeist a couple of years ago. That um, I forgot what's the name. The dude who who actually wrote Ghostbusters saying that he wanted like uh, Ghostbusters Inc. Mm-hmm. and he wanted it to be like different Ghostbusters in every state. I thought that idea would have been pretty damn cool. But I mean. If you had to pick a different cast. A different cast? And you know what? If I had to pick a different cast, I'll mix it up. I'll throw a woman in there. I would throw in a... Oh, man. I don't know if I would... I think I would pick Louis C.K. as one of them. Okay. All John, right. John C. Riley. Okay. All right. Um, I think I'd put in... I think I would leave in Kristen Wiig. Yeah, I liked Kristen. Okay, Wiig. if you gonna leave her in, I'm or gonna, the blonde girl, oh, okay. Kay McKinnon. That's what I'm putting in. If you are gonna leave in uh, Kristen Wiig, I'm leaving uh, Kate McKinnon. I'll put her in. I'll put her in mines. Um, um, you need. You still need one more. Like a maybe like Michael Sarah. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Like man. you need an awkward one. Yeah, you need an awkward guy. Okay, so mine's is gonna be uh, the chick who's with the glasses. Who you're just saying. Um, Hmm. Who else? Uh, Seth Rogen. Yeah, I'm gonna throw in Seth Rogen. Uh, mind you, my movie is gonna be rated R. <laughs> it's gonna go. be rated R. As soon as you throw him in there, you gotta make it rated R just so he can. Uh, you gotta. He gotta be free. He gotta fly. Uh, who else? Um, nah, not Kevin Hart. Mm, let me see. Um. 
You know, yeah, Kevin Hart. I throw in Kevin Hart in there. I throw in Kevin Hart just just so I get the like the insta laughs. You know, like if he gets slimed or something like that, I throw that in there. Him, because I can see him and Kristen Wiig doing some funny things together. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I'm gonna throw in. Uh, yo, what's going on? I'm gonna throw in uh, <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. as the leader. He's gonna bleed. He's gonna be the Bill Murray of the crew. And the assistant, because you need an assistant, uh, who will be the assistant? Audrey Plaza. Wow. <laughs> nice. Because she did a bang-up job in uh, yeah, she would be perfect. Parks and Recs. Yeah, she'll, be, she'll do a <clears throat> bang-up job. Oh, yo. I'm over here forgetting about Tina Fey. Tina Fey is hilarious, too. I like her more than I like uh what's the name? What about that guy from Veep that you told me? Um Oh the black dude? Yeah. Oh yes. Dude, yeah. yeah. He could take over uh he could take over what you call it, um Oh uh, shit. I forgot this guy's name already. Who I said. Uh, Kevin Hart's place. Guaranteed, man, because he is funny. My wife loves that guy. That dude is fucking mm-hmm. hilarious, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you gotta see his uh his little skits that he's on like on uh, cracked.com. His delivery is uh, is impeccable, man. It's fucking hilarious, man. But um, I guess that's it for that movie. <laughs> who who would you have as your uh, assistant in assistant? the movie? Trying to think of. Aubrey Plaza was that's like I think she was like born for that role. <laughs> Cause she has like that, like get out of my face attitude, which yeah. is exactly how the other lady was. Yeah, man. You know, she had that like, uh, like you saw how the like she would pick up the phone. What do you want? Like, yeah. She had that personality. So, <laughs> damn, I can't think. I don't know if I could think of anyone better than her who who can play that. Um, Even Ron Swanson. Oh from, my uh, god! From Parks and Rec. No, I think actually, I think I'd probably make him like maybe like the mayor, yeah, like the stiff mayor or like the chief of police or something. Someone that he's like the skeptical one. He's yeah. the one that like looks at them. He's like, "This isn't real. Yeah. Like you guys are full of shit." Because <laughs> his face, just because his face, I want to see him with that serious face and just like ghost all over him. I think that'd be pretty fucking funny. I think I would. Um, Maybe like Aziz Ansari or something. Probably yeah, make him the assistant, cool. but make him like as a, like a he's um like he's more than an assistant. Like he he answers the phones, but like he's like a little techie. Also, he'll be like uh, that guy from um, Q from uh, Bond. Yeah, of. like that. Well, no, no, he doesn't build the gadgets for them, but like he's he, he's, he's, he's trying he's, to help them with their social media. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Like, he's he's yeah. trying to help them improve their social media because they look really bad <laughs> and they don't know anything about like social media. And he's just like he's like the cool hip one. Yeah. that's like trying to get them into it. Um, trying and, to get them to dab or something. And yeah, and like, yeah, exactly. Like he does the the Running Man video. Like he teaches them. Like come on, this is what's popular. And they're like, what the hell is this? And and if we if, and if we could dress him up as a hipster, mm-hmm. that would be. I think. Oh my god, dude. Funny, but whatever. But you know, we think this is funny, but every other people probably think that it's, you know, it's like beauty in the eye of the beholder. It's yeah. like same thing with comedy. Like we think it's funny, but we don't know what I you know what else things. We got to ask people, you know, I'm, I'm going to start asking people if they like the movie now 
And then I'm going to ask them like six months from now if they still enjoy that movie. Because, you know, right now it's still fresh. The wounds, they haven't healed yet because they still think that everybody's just being sexist. When six months from now, when they're all some, because there are some uh, movies that are coming out that has female leads in it, and you guys are totally going to forget about this movie. I'm gonna ask you a question: Is this does this movie still hold up? And I guarantee you, you're gonna say no, it doesn't. So would you watch this movie again? You're gonna say no, you won't. <laughs> guarantee it. I guarantee it. Everybody out there, they're gonna say like, no. I wouldn't. I think this has been our longest uh, movie review. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> we both did not like this movie. If it's a good movie, it's like, yeah, it's a good movie. Go watch it. But this movie is like, you know, I want you to watch it just so you can understand where we're coming from. That's why I want you to watch it just so you'd be like. But some people did like it, though. I think I heard people in the theater laughing, like laughing and like clapping, like, oh, you know, some of them, some of those laughs and claps, even though I was sleeping some of the most of the time was because of cameos. Oh, yeah. True. That's true. And I didn't like the cameos. But all right, I guess uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Moving on, there was no, there was no good cameo in there, man. Yeah, but what are you gonna do? All good right. on you guys. Good on. <laughs> the credits were pretty good, though. <laughs> <laughs> the credits were pretty good. That's how I felt about the Conjuring. It was the best part of the movie. The con- the what they did with the words. It yeah, the credits were pretty good. Um. All right. So that was our review for Ghostbusters. Yep. Yep. But don't let us sway your opinion. Yeah. Go watch, watch the movie. Yeah. Like seriously, go watch. If it. you enjoy it, hey, that's great. That's awesome. Tell us why you why you enjoyed it. Let us know. Please let us know. Um. Let's get into our throwback flicks of the week. Hold up. Just to say, uh, if you did like uh, Scooby Doo, the the, the <laughs> live action movies, then you you might possibly like this movie. Yeah, for real, right? Yeah. Like for real. If you like those movies, then don't even comment. Like, we're not gonna see eye to eye. We're not gonna see eye to eye. No Actually, but I, I, I want to hear other people's opinions though. Let them write. You it. really want? Yeah, post it on our wall. Post it on our wall. Comment on our SoundCloud when you hear this. Um, if you like Scooby Doo, you're gonna like this movie. That's guaranteed. If you like that movie, you're gonna like this. <laughs> Go ahead. Have it. Uh, <laughs> all right. Throwback flicks of the week. You want to go first? Yeah. Uh, my throwback flick of the week is called Extraordinary Tales. It's on Netflix. It is um, it's a movie that's about Edgar Allan Poe's uh, poems. It's on Netflix, and uh, it has some of his greatest stuff. It has the one about the pit. It has the other one about the, oh my gosh. It it doesn't have like uh, the Telltale Heart. It has that one on there. It has like five other stories. But the cool thing about it is that uh, Edgar Allan Poe, oh, I don't want to give you the, I don't want to give you the, give it away. But um, watch it. It's on Netflix. It's only like an hour and 15 minutes long. And each story is animated by a different artist. Or a different uh, group, and they're all breathtaking. They're all pretty sick. Um, watch it and enjoy it. It's not scary because it's, uh, it's Edgar Allan Poe stuff. It just makes you think. Edgar Allan Poe uh, poems make you think, and they don't scare you, but they just make you feel creepy. 
it's like real it's like real scary stuff it's not that scary stuff like uh like Freddy Krueger or something like that like some spiritual kind of stuff his stuff is all about like somebody's killing somebody somebody's poison somebody and stuff like that it's like real terror that you have to worry about none of that fictional shit so that's my thoughts alright my throwback flick is actually not a film Mm -hmm. Uh, remember guys we don't just do films we do television as well yep 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 Uh, mine is uh, Alfred Hitchcock Presents which you can watch on Netflix it is available Uh, Alfred Hitchcock Presents is a TV series that was hosted by Hitchcock himself. Um, this show aired uh, between 1955 and 1965. Um, and it's crazy because the show aired during that time, but the episodes were made like way ahead of that. So by the time the show did air, Alfred Hitchcock was already like a household name. He had already made like a bunch of movies. So it was it was awesome to see... I mean, I'm, I'm saying like if I lived in that lifetime, but it was, I guess, for, for people back in those times, it was awesome for them to see, you know, Alfred Hitchcock was all over the movie theaters and then you turn on the TV and he's on the TV too. Like he just seemed like, uh, who, who, <coughs> excuse me, who can I compare him to? Um, I don't know because usually like J.J. Comp- Abrams, I guess, because J.J. Abrams did both movies on TV, yeah. you know, and he was like a big, big name in both mediums. So I guess Alfred Hitchcock was like that. But Alfred Hitchcock, obviously, you know, he's a legend of the big screen and the small screen. Um, but yeah, I, I actually owned season one on DVD and I've seen the other seasons on TV. This show is on another level. Um, the script writing is super brilliant all these stories have basically like a morality tell i i compare these movies to i mean movies that i compare the show to like uh the twilight zone um you might as well call them mini movies man yeah because that's what that's exactly what they were man they were really suspenseful really good a lot of mystery a lot of like surprises there was another show it was the twilight zone and the outer zone right the The outer outer limits the outer limits limits. um I'm not sure which show came first. I would love to think that this show um, influenced the others. And when you watch the first episode, you'll know exactly why this show was so good. Um, The first episode, I think it was called A Piece of the Action or something. Um, I could be wrong, but in the first episode of the first season, uh, this man comes home from work. And his wife, I guess, was like molested. So someone broke into their trailer and like molested her. And he goes around the town and he's all paranoid trying to find who did it. And she thinks that she has an image of her head of what the guy looked like. And you realize that she's actually really traumatized and she's going crazy. Um, And then it gets weird and mysterious because you don't know if she actually did get molested or if she kind of just made all that stuff up because she points at one guy and says like he did it. And he goes and like attacks the man and then they're driving and she goes, oh, no, wait, he did it. And you realize, oh, crap, like, is she crazy or did this really happen? Because, you know, yeah, but uh, the show's great. I mean, the writing is really great. Some of the episodes are more dramatic. Some of the episodes are more suspenseful. Some of them are scarier. So you're getting something different each time you see an episode. It's not like the same type of theme over and over again. And my favorite part about Alfred Hitchcock 
um, about both the show and him is that you could tell he was like a true independent filmmaker because he hated sponsors. He hated big corporations buying these movies and being in control of of product placement and things like that. So every time the show would cut to a commercial, before it cut to a commercial, he would come out in front of the camera and like remind the audience, do you enjoy what you're watching? All right, great. Well, unfortunately, because of our sponsors, we need to cut to commercials. So all this mystery you're watching, now we got to cut to like a toothpaste commercial. And if you watch, I'm not sure if the Netflix... um, version or not the netflix version but what they have on netflix shows those little cuts but if you watch it on dvd you could definitely see them and they're hilarious and really sarcastic and that's one of the reasons why i love alfred hitchcock he was like a real fighter for independent films so um check it out you can stream it now and let us know what you think and that's our throwbacks yes yes um up next, we got movie news. Movie news. All right. Um, movie news. So, um, for those sci-fi and Star Wars fanatics out there, uh, today was day one of Star Wars Celebration. For those that don't know, Star Wars Celebration is like this giant uh, Star Wars convention that happens every year. I think last year, uh, Star Wars Celebration was in Orlando. The year before, I think it might have been in California. They always pick a different place every year. So this year was in Europe. And I woke up early this morning. I had to run some errands. And when I came home, that's when I remembered, oh, shit, uh, Star Wars Celebration is on. I really wanted to see it live. Um you know, you can one after it's live, you can just watch it again, like pre-recorded. But I wanted to see it live because I wanted to get that energy that everyone else felt that were there. And I tuned in at the perfect moment because when I tuned in on the YouTube channel, the what they were doing was they were interviewing the cast for Rogue One, and those interviews are cool, but. They don't give away a lot of information. They want to try to keep all the secrets in. So the the good thing about the, the, the interviews is, you know, you get to see the actors and you get to hear them talk about the movie. But you know that the answers are going to be super vague and super general. So when I tuned in, it was like at the end, like they were on the last question. And I was so happy because I was like, oh, I know they're going to show some footage of Rogue One. I know it. And the last question, uh, by the way, the, the interview was hosted by... Um, uh, Gwendolyn Christie, who played Captain Phasma in the Dark, um, the Force Awakens, she was the the silver stormtrooper. Yeah, you never she, seen her face. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're gonna see her in the next one, in the next in Star Wars Episode Eight. You're gonna see you her, heard her face. voice though. Yeah, <laughs> and you recognized if you if you're a fan of Game of Thrones. But she was interviewing the cast. Wait, is she from Game of Thrones? Yeah, man, that's where that's where she's from. That's who is she from in Game? She's the girl with the dragons. No, she plays a knight. And in Game of Thrones, yeah. Oh, I know you're talking. She's about. She's like a badass knight. She's the one who cut the guy's neck off because because uh, she she go she walks over to him and she says something about uh, along the lines says, "Uh, you killed my leader. I'm a I'm a knight or something." And she chops his neck off, but you never see her do anything. It's, it's season five, last episode. Oof. Oof, you could tell Pat's watching the show now. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Pat's I'm not watching, watching the show. I only watch uh, two episodes in uh, season five. And, nah, man. 
It's no? too deep. It's too deep, man. It's too deep. Oh. Water's too deep, man. <laughs> well, uh, well, Gwendolyn Christie, who plays that role in Game of Thrones, she was interviewing the cast, and I, I tuned in right at the perfect moment because they decided to talk about Darth Vader, which is really what I really care cared about until I saw what happened next. But um, it was really cool because she asked the director Gareth Edwards, you know, there's rumors that. Uh, Darth Vader is going to be in the film. Can we confirm it? He actually said yes. And um, apparently Rogue One has already finished. They they wrapped up shooting. So now it's just they're in the post-production process. And they filmed all the Darth Vader scenes. But now they have to do the ADR. They have to actually record James Earl Jones's uh, voice. So they said that when after they filmed uh, Gareth Edwards uh, flew to... I don't know if he flew to L.A. or... Where, but uh, they went to record um, Darth Vader's voice. James Earl Jones was in the recording booth. He would say a line and look back at the director and say, "Oh, how was that?" And he would say, "The Gareth Edwards was like, yeah, yeah, fine, go ahead, go ahead, keep going." And then at one point, James Earl Jones said a line that required the word power with that, you know, Darth Vader voice, that menacing voice. And when he looked back, Gareth Edwards was like having a nerdgasm. He said in the interview and was like. <laughs> Uh, James Earl Jones was like, oh, uh, how was that? And then he was like, no, that was fine, but please do it again. <laughs> Which I think if I was in that booth, I would probably have done the same thing. I would have been like, can you just do that again, please? I just want to hear your voice. It's so good. And then after the interview, they played clips of Rogue One. And guys, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Because now I think I'm going to be more hyped up about this movie than The Force Awakens. Because... Oh yeah, those clips are bad. Oh yeah, ass for those for those of you who were doubting Rogue One, check out these clips. We're gonna post it on our Facebook page. Um, we've already posted it. On our Facebook, <laughs> well, technically, on our Facebook. yeah. yeah. They, this this <laughs> this episode is gonna be aired what uh, on, on a Thursday. Yeah. We're I mean, we're gonna post these clips a week ahead of time. But check it out. You're gonna see that. This movie is to- it's taking a totally different direction, but in a good way. There's no Jedi's, no lightsabers. Maybe there there is, but I just haven't seen any in in the footage. But it's a war movie. It looks. Uh, Pat made a good point. He said it looked a lot like um, Apocalypse Now, yeah. which is an awesome movie. There was a scene that was uh, straight out of Apocalypse Now when they were walking in the jungle, and all it was was just a, like they're running a, through the grass. Yeah, and stuff. it was just a wide shot, and you just see like four or five people just walking from camera left all the way to camera right. It was a short scene in the trailer, but it was like, yo, that's straight from Apocalypse Now, right yeah. there. That scene right there, and I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah, I mean, you you see rebels jumping in the trenches. You see the stormtroopers. You see the death troopers, which is supposed to be like a new version of the stormtrooper that. I guess you can't say it's a new version because this movie's supposed to take place in the past, but it's a different type of stormtrooper that's like, like out to kill. Yeah. Um, and it just looks sweaty, grimy, dirty. Uh, kind of reminded, kind of reminded us of like Saving Private Ryan when they're, when they're on the beach, like just mm-hmm. like a like chaotic. And I think that's going to be really refreshing for this movie. So. If he really stays true to that theme oh my God, and all man. goes well, man, I'm going to be really happy. Really happy. I don't think he's going to get an Oscar for it. I mean, just saying. We'll see. Star Wars movies are not uh, <laughs> they're not Oscar prone. Yeah. You know what I mean? So 
I don't know why. I don't. I, I don't know why. But I realized that at a younger age, at a young age, that uh, action movies just don't just don't get Oscars, man. I mean, you can call uh, the Dark Knight an action movie, but it was not really. I think the Dark Knight was the first be- the the beginning of this uh, whole um, like a uh, compound. Uh, what you call it? Movies. It was like it's an action movie, but it's also a drama. It's yeah. uh, like there's 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 movies now that are like funny people. Yeah, I take some. There's the funny people, which is uh, people like to call that movie a dramedy. Um, well, Judd Apatow is pretty good at dramedies. You you would you 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 would think that you'll walk into a Judd Apatow movie, and you'd just be cracking up from uh, from beginning to end, and then you find out that like, damn man, this is pretty. It's pretty sad. <laughs> this is a pretty sad movie, man. I, I was not really looking for this, especially in uh, Funny People, because the name of the movie is Funny People. <laughs> so you think that it's gonna be funny, but not. And they have funny people in the movie. Like everybody in there was uh, a fucking comedian, but I don't know, man. That movie just kind of. Uh. <laughs> what about you, Pat? You you put up a couple articles. Oh this yeah, week. I posted up a couple articles uh, about um. There is two companies out there. One is Unreal Engine and the other one is Unity. And uh, Unreal Engine is uh, introducing sequences. They, there's the new Unreal Engine cinematic tool for uh, non-linear filmmaking. This will allow you to make animated shorts, basically, if you can draw. If you can draw, you have a computer that is uh, that is of quality. You can make a short in the comfort of your own home. It might take you longer than what it does in the studio, but if you check out our website, Unreal Engine actually gives you a demo that allows you to make a short just based off of everything. They give you the tools. All you have to do is just edit it. You can edit it any way that you possibly want. I try to do it on my computer. No avail because my computer is not that powerful. But uh, <laughs> hopefully we have some lucky uh, people out there who can actually uh, put together a decent short with the with the tools that they give you. And um, to be honest, man, I'm really thinking about upgrading my computer so I could sh- I could shoot some shorts because I saw one by Unity and there's this short that's called Adam, and that short was amazing. I'm like, yo. They're really using this kind of stuff. I'm like, I can do this in my own house. I want to do it. Just because I, I seen like Adam the short and there's another one that's called the the end of days. That one's pretty that's pretty cool. There's a it's it's an amazing tool. And I'm so happy. It's like one of those those times that's like, man, it, it's it's a wonderful time to be alive right now. <laughs> Cause I mean, usually you will say like, oh, man, I have this idea for like a short. Or I have this idea for like, uh, you know, like a storyboard or something. What better way to put your vision that you have in your mind so you can just show it out to the world and hopefully somebody will pick it up or just so you can explain it to someone so they can fund you so you can actually make this short into an actual feature. I really think uh, this right here, this tool, even if you're not really into film. You could get into it just by doing this tool and seeing if uh, how uh, expressive your imagination really is. Just, I mean, how how often do you come up with a story 
and then you just throw away to to the wayside just because it's like eh, it's just a story. But that story could have been that, that could that could have been a feature. That could have been an Oscar winning uh, story that you just came up with that you just threw away to the wayside. I know I had a thousand of those. Kevin, you had a thousand too. Mm-hmm. Everybody we know had a thousand of those things, and you just throw them away to the wayside, man. All you got now we have the tools to just you can just make it at your house. Just make a little story. Stick figures. Start off with stick figures, and you just build muscle from there. That's how it works. And that's my movie news. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess uh, I guess that's it for movie news. Movie news. All right. Um, now that we're done with movie news, I guess we can go over our main topic of what we wanted to go over. Yep, yep. Um, back when we saw it was a couple episodes ago, I think when we, when Two we saw episodes ago. when we oh. saw Nice Guys. Oh, was no, it Nice three. Guys? It, actually, we saw two movies. We saw Nice Guys, and then we saw then Swiss the following, Army. Yeah, then we saw Swiss Army Man the following week. Those so, are two movies. So several episodes ago, uh, we were talking about Nice Guys, and we were talking about um, like different types of like buddy movies. So we're gonna go over um, our top five buddy movies. Um, mind you, we we say buddy movies and not buddy cop movies because yeah. there's a lot of movies there that have two protagonists. That are not necessarily cops. Yeah. Buddy cop movies are great too. Yeah, because uh, and they and fall. And, yeah. is a, a buddy movie. But 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 buddy cop movies falls in the category of buddy movies. So yeah. we're gonna do a top five. Uh, do you want to just like alternate? Like you go first, and then I go, and then yeah, you go. We could do that. And these aren't in necessary necessary order. They're yeah. just uh, as we go. Yeah, just the ones that we just like. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, Bad Boys, uh, preferably one rather than two, but. Um, Two had more emotion than one did. Nah, you know what? I just remember one mo- emotional scene, and it was short-lived in in part two. And that's when uh when uh Martin's character finds out that uh Will Smith character is sleeping with his uh his sister, and he gets mad. And then they just rather than like make an emotional scene out of that, they just push each other for like three seconds and you think that something's gonna happen and then they're like no we gotta get back to the job and that's it it's just supposed to be that they're just tense from there (laughs) on it it didn't make any sense but uh, it was a cliffhanger (laughs) that's my first one um let's see what my first one on my list that i wrote i think it was like one of like this was the first one that popped in my head Mm. um step brothers no Good one. <laughs> Step Brothers, um, directed by Adam McKay. It stars Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. Um, I think these two guys are amazing together. You saw what they did in Talladega Nights. You see yeah. what they do in Step Brothers. Um, I think Step Brothers was one of the films that had like the most amount of like improvised jokes. Like majority of the time, it was just like take after take <laughs> after take, and they would just. <laughs> Makeup lines differently. Um, this movie, it's funny because it's one of those movies that got a lot of mixed reviews. If you look at the reviews online, it actually didn't do so well, yeah. critic-wise. But once it came out on DVD, I think people finally lined up 
Okay, that was the same thing with uh, old school. Yeah, old and school got it was terrible in movie theaters, man. And now it's like everyone talks about it as yeah. like being their favorite of the. <laughs> what was it that they called those guys? The frat pack. Yeah. And same thing with this movie. Like now, like FX plays it. I think like every other week. Every they, time I turn on the TV, to, it's like so, it's that's the only reason they're keeping the lights on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's freaking hilarious. It's actually kind of genius. The story because. As as dumb as it may sound, these two grown ass guys that are still like kids at heart, and then finally have to get jobs. It kind of, it kind of resembles a lot of people nowadays. I know a lot of guys that are like that, that are just like kids at heart, and they don't know when to grow up. Sometimes I feel like that. And they just got to get regular jobs. <laughs> and, um, but it, the movie is just it's it's funny, it's awkward, but. Just pure joy overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my pick. What about you, Pat? Next uh, one. My next one is Coming to America. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Um, well, this, I don't know how many times I watched this movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is one of those movies that uh, people shout shout lines from it whenever you talk about it. If, uh, if you're in any situation, this thing breaks cultural boundaries because, well, I mean, if you're in America... If you if you were to just go to like uh, New York or California or anywhere like that, and you would talk to somebody who's like our age, millennials who are our age, or younger millennials who uh, who are cultured, and you just say, "Oh yeah, I just saw Coming to America," they will automatically just start spitting lines at you, and it's like, "Yeah, yeah, I just saw the movie. You ain't got to spit lines at me, man. I understand what you're doing." <laughs> that movie is one of the movies that if it's on, I'm watching it. Yeah, I'm not changing the channel. I've seen it a million times, and I'm still going to keep watching it another million times. The movie is a classic, man. And, dude, Arsenio Hall, man. Oh, Like, I didn't realize how talented he was until I saw all the characters he was playing in that movie. I know Eddie Murphy also played a lot, but Arsenio Hall, like, really disappeared and became those characters. (laughs) Like, holy shit. He was the The, woman in in the... In a nightclub. Oh my god! Hey, he's a hey, your boy too. <laughs> I'm over here spitting out lines. I'm doing what I hate when people do, man. But it's funny, man. It's a it's a good movie. Okay. Um, all right. My next one is another one that Will Ferrell was not featured in, but actually made a special cameo. Uh, Wedding Crashers. Mm. Um, let me. Just get my notes ready for this. <laughs> uh, Wedding Crashers, uh, directed by David Dobkin, uh, stars um, Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn. This movie came out in two thousand five. Jesus Christ! It's already been over a decade. Um, this movie was a huge success, both critically and in the theaters. Um, basically, about these two guys who crash weddings. Um, as like a hobby but then you find out later on that there's like a society of these guys that do that Um, and they really just do it just to meet women and to sleep with them and you know it starts getting romantic you you know one of the girls starts falling for them and he falls for them back and you kind of know which direction uh, the story is going in but still enjoyable all overall and I think one of the best cameos ever was from Will Ferrell in the movie Um (laughs) I'm going to play a line really quick. This was from his cameo. Hold on. Is this your place? Oh. No. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Why is 
<laughs> oh, that. Who, who's the chick? Who's the no, man? No, 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 no. No, I live with my mom. Oh. Yeah. You hungry? Hey, Ma! Can we get some meatloaf? Uh, Chaz, I think I'm okay. I, I had a bite right before I came over. Thank you. <laughs> you sure? How's my protege? Jeremy. Yeah. He. J Bone. <laughs> J Bone is, believe it or not, he's getting married. What? <laughs> what an idiot! <laughs> And for those who haven't seen the movie, he's actually talking to Owen Wilson. That, that was the other <laughs> voice. But the mom, Meatloaf, was priceless. Priceless, priceless, priceless. <laughs> Pat, what's your next one? Oh my, oh, my next movie is Bill and Ted. Oh, yes. Bill and Ted. In every level, yes. Yeah. That's, um, I mean, there's nothing about that movie that doesn't scream awesomeness. And uh, shoot, I mean the tagline at the end of the movie about uh, be excellent to each other. I fucking love that shit. <laughs> God gave rock and roll to you, man. Gave rock and roll to you. I love that movie. That you know, for people who haven't seen that movie, they look at the cover and they think, oh, it's probably like two surfer guys, and it's probably gonna be really dumb. Yeah. It's actually a really smart movie. It's it's yeah, you learn a lot, about dude. Like those. these two guys, basically, for those who haven't seen it, it's two guys that travel back in time and pick up all these like historic leaders and uh, important like iconic people in history, yeah. and they they kidnap them to use them for their history class because they need to present do this presentation and they need to pass. If they don't pass, they're not going to see each other again because one of them is going to get taken go. away to like military school or yeah. whatever. Um, but you actually do learn. <laughs> Something about all these iconic figures like Abraham Lincoln, Sigmund Freud, Genghis Khan, Joan of Arc, Billy the Kid. Mm -hmm. And it's just like like, it's a nice movie. It's actually a really nice movie. The second movie was kind of weird. That's when they start picking up aliens. The the aliens and they die and then they come back to life. And there's eh, it's just but the first one, though, first one, definitely a classic. That's definitely a movie that I watch. Like if it's on, I'm watching it. I don't change the channel. It's a, it's a weird one. movie, man, because if you really think about that movie, um, they taking these people in the past and bringing them to the future. Mm-hmm. And you would think that it would change the course yeah, of history of, after of all history. that, but it didn't. <laughs> it didn't, man. So it's a, little, it's, it's a lazy, smart movie. Yeah. Because <laughs> you do learn a lot about like uh, Genghis Khan, Sigmund Freud. Like it's a, it's a time machine movie, like a a time travel movie, but yeah. they didn't follow oh, they didn't the follow rules of a time of travel shit. movie. Yo, there were points in that movie that they said that okay, as soon as we finish this, what I'm gonna find the keys and then I'm gonna put the keys behind this bush. Oh yeah. Okay, so, uh, so I'm gonna so I'm gonna take the keys from my dad. I'm gonna put this key behind the bush. So then when we get to this point, the keys will be right here. That's and that's in part right two. There. That's actually part two. Yeah, and I'm like Jesus Christ. <laughs> Well, they say, now remember, we have to put the keys there. And I'm like, oh, my God, dude. It's, it's lazy, but it's smart. <laughs> uh, my next one, um, I don't know if you could say it's similar to Bill and Ted, Wayne's World. Mm. Wayne's World that was directed by Penelope Shearis, um, stars Mike Myers and Dana Carvey, you know, two classic legends from SNL. Yep. Uh <clears throat> I, I consider this like a real buddy movie because these are two guys that are hilarious 
they get into every, they get stuck into every situation together and they you could tell like they they really care about each other um it was probably one of the funniest skits on saturday night live and then it was their first successful like like the most successful um snl movie like a really? movie based off an of snl skit like before that it was the blues brothers yeah. but this movie made more money than the blues brothers oh, like this okay. one really did well in the box office because you know blues brothers get my honorable mention yeah for best uh buddy movie <laughs> uh wayne's world um basically two guys that and it, it really does follow the, the the skit from the show it's two guys that do like this cable access independent uh show from their basement and there's like this big evil cable corporation that wants to buy their show um, because they want to reach out to teenagers, so they decided to like fight back. That's really pretty much the premise of the show. But they make all these like funny little jokes, uh, little parodies of things. For those who haven't seen the movie, check out. Look out for the scene where they talk about sponsors, about product placement. Do you remember that, Pat? The the scene where uh, like they're talking about how it sucks to have product placement. Oh, yeah. Like it, it sucks to sell out, and yeah. they're actually selling out in that scene. Yeah. And uh, I remember it now. like uh, Wayne is like, <laughs> yeah, and it's the choice of a new generation, and he's like drinking Pepsi really slowly <laughs> as he's saying that. Garth is like dressed in all Adidas wear, and he's like, yeah, man, I just, I think some people just do things to get paid, and it's so sad, and <laughs> it's a, it's like I think that's like the best scene that. Or the Bohemian Rhapsody yeah. is probably one of the funniest scenes in the movie. Uh, funny thing about the Bohemian Rhapsody scene, if you guys check that out, take a close look at Wayne when they're headbanging in the car. Because supposedly, I, I saw this in the behind the scenes, um, they had done that take so many times that he couldn't really headbang. Like, he got whiplash. So in that scene when they start headbanging in the car, mm-hmm. his neck is so stiff and he has like this look of like pain on his face when he's doing it. And he's moving like he's not moving just his head because of the whiplash. He had to move like his shoulders had to go up and down. Oh my God. Like his whole upper body was going up and down. And he had this look of like pain in his face. And Garth, Ooh. there's a scene where they sh- they they cut to Garth and he's singing like the slow part of the song. And he just, he doesn't lip sing it correctly. He like just opens and closes his mouth. Mm -hmm. And the reason why that happened was because Garth, played by Dana Carvey, he actually didn't know the lyrics to the song. And they shot, he he knows, like he's heard the song, but he just didn't know the lyrics. And when they were recording that scene, or I mean, when they were filming that scene, he didn't know the word. So he just did that. He just like moved his lips randomly. Mm-hmm. And the director thought it was so hilarious that he just left it in the movie and said, you know what? Just leave it. <laughs> don't, let's not do another take. Let's just, and you watch it in the movie and it's hilarious. Description. I'm going to put it in the description of this podcast. So people can actually uh, see what we're talking about. I mean, if you haven't seen this movie, watch the whole movie so you get to appreciate that uh, both of those scenes. Because if you just go in there blind... You're not gonna really enjoy it. Just gonna be like a little snippet, but watch the whole thing because all the both of those scenes are like buildups to those scenes. Hmm. Everything is a build up to each other. But I'm, I'm gonna put that uh, what you call? I'm gonna put the Bohemian Rhapsody in the description because it, it can kind of stand alone. If you've never heard the song 
and you finally hearing it for the first time that time, I guarantee it. Every time you're in the car with your friends and that song comes on, you're gonna remake this scene, that iconic scene. You probably have already, you just don't know it yet. Um, my next uh, movie is uh, Die Hard Three with Samuel L. Jackson. Best uh, best comedy duo, action movie duo in. Uh, in a long time, I know what you said. That they said that IMDb said that the, the number one buddy comedy or cop movie was uh, Forty Eight Hours, but I seriously believe that it's Die Hard Three. Cause uh, Samuel Jackson and uh, Bruce Willis. How can you go wrong? How can you go wrong? You got two. You got two icons on one screen, man. And you know they never really talk about each other. I don't think. I don't think the chemistry on set was was. Uh, was good, but uh, yeah, I never hear them talk about each other. Maybe, but maybe that's a good thing. Mm. I got the movie. I got to listen because to people that didn't commentary. get along with Bruce Willis, they 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 were vocal about it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, there was that movie uh, Bruce Willis did with uh, Tracy Morgan that was directed oh, by yeah. uh, Silent Bob. Um, oh yeah, what's the name? Uh, Kevin Smith. Yeah, Kevin Smith. Yeah, Kevin Smith didn't like him. Kevin Smith didn't like him, and Tracy Morgan oh, said really? some shit about him too, about how difficult he was. Yeah, he was, he like was a, difficult. He's a difficult guy, man. Bruce, what you doing, Bruce, man? man? What you doing, Brucey Bruce? <laughs> <laughs> All right, my next pick is. Um, it's funny because I, I looked up a, like lists, like other people's lists of uh, top buddy films, and for some reason I didn't see this movie, but I saw the movie. That came after this one. Uh, the one I picked was Shaun of the Dead. Mm. Uh, the movie that I seen a lot on a lot of lists was Hot Fuzz, which I do like. I like Hot Fuzz a lot, but the reason why I love this movie was because this was my introduction to the two main characters, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Mm-hmm. They're awesome together. Yeah, and this was like my first time seeing them together, and I think this this was the movie that made me fall in love with them. I was like, yo, these guys are hilarious. I can't wait to see how fuzz and <laughs> um, but for those who don't know the movie was filmed uh, directed by Edgar Wright yes great director the same guy that directed Scott Pilgrim mm-hmm. um, and it's basically the funny I don't I, you can't even say it's a parody because it's not a parody it's a funny zombie movie um, I, I don't even want to this movie I definitely don't want to spoil it for anyone just check the movie out it is hilarious and it's a it's a different style of comedy edgar wright is really good when it comes to comedy man like he he does i i can't even i don't i don't even know how to describe his style his his not only that uh he he has inputs in the actual script but he also has uh you know his his comedy is also in his editing and his camera movement yes yes that's I think you yeah. I think you hit the nail right on the head. Yeah, because his comedy is everywhere on there. And even when he's not even there, you can still see his comedy because uh, Ant-Man, you haven't seen it yet, huh? No. You haven't seen it. But his comedy is all over that movie. And before they even started shooting, I believe that uh, he was he was supposed to be the director of the movie. Then he backed out because of, uh, you know, Disney's uh, fucking Iron Hand and shit. <laughs> so he backed out of it. But you saw his you saw his creativity all over that movie yeah all over that movie but i think i think it's especially like what you said about the camera movement Mm -hmm. he does a physical type of comedy but when i say physical i don't mean the actors i mean 
the production itself. Yeah. The storytelling is physical. There's a lot of crazy cuts, a lot of camera panning, but the camera panning is revealing something hilarious yeah. that you didn't see in the framing. Um, oh, it's just an overall... I think I'm going to watch that movie when this podcast is done. I got to put that movie on because it's been yeah, a while since a, I've seen it. He does a lot of that stuff, man. And you just... You just got to fall in love with it. I know he's uh, also directed a TV show with, I'm like, I think two. Is either one of those characters that you just uh, mentioned or is either two. But they say that that's when he started doing those camera movements. I haven't watched it yet. I know it's either on Netflix or Hulu. Uh, I just haven't come around to it. I know it's on one of my queues, though. There's, um, if, you guys, if you guys have a chance, check out on YouTube. There's this great series of videos that I watch. Um, it's called Every Frame of Painting. Mm. And the guy that makes these channel, the these videos, he every video is like a different chapter. He talks about like a different aspect of filmmaking and what is good filmmaking and why, you know, what makes these directors so great, what makes these editors and cinematographers and actors so great. And he actually does an episode on Edgar Wright's comedy. And he... he focuses exactly what you were saying pat about like the the camera movement and the editing and how you can use those techniques to be funny mm-hmm. um it's really great if you guys have a chance check out every frame of painting he hasn't done one on uh oh man what's that dude's name he was married to madonna oh um guy Ritchie. guy Ritchie yet he hasn't done one on that man but uh guy Ritchie's he's another one of my favorite uh directors there's this one scene that he does in uh uh, Sherlock Holmes and it's when Sherlock is basically uh, following uh, the woman of interest but while as he's walking down he is he's grabbing people's clothing so he can uh, f- uh, fix his disguise and there's this one scene when uh, he grabs somebody's hat and he puts it on his head and he tilts it so he so he could seem like a bum and when he tilts it uh, Guy Ritchie tilts the camera too, so it's 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 a little scene. It's a little scene, a little subtlety. But, yeah, but that scene spoke volumes to me, man. I must have rewinded, rewind. What I'm talking about? I must have uh, backtracked or went back on that CD, on that DVD, so many times just so I could see that one scene. Because all he did is just put the hat on. And what movie was that in? It's on the first uh, Sherlock. Yeah, Sherlock. It's when he is. Uh, Following the woman of interest into a, a, what you call it, to a cart, into a cart, and he's just grabbing different people's clothing just so he could fit, uh, fit into his uh, disguise, and then the last, the last piece of the puzzle was the hat. He puts on the hat, tilts it to the left, and you see the camera just go Dutch, and then you just see him just walk off camera. I'm like, yo, <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, yo, sick. When I saw it in the movie theater, I was like. Oh man, that's tight. When I saw it at home, I'm like, "Is oh my! I can't believe he did that, man!" And he's always doing something amazing. Uh, Guy, uh, Guy Ritchie, he's amazing. Uh, but let's go on to the next one. What's your next? <laughs> uh, uh, my pick? last one uh-huh. is um, this was like a favorite of mine, especially in the in the '90s. Uh, White Man Can't Jump, uh, directed by Ron Shelton, starring Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson, and. Miss Rosie Perez. Oh. Um, oh, I just gave her a southern accent. She yeah. was like, she would talk like this, and like just <laughs> it was, but it was super high pitched. Like oh, it yeah. was like if if Minnie Mouse was from the Bronx, like it, <laughs> that was Rosie Perez. Um, so White Man Can't Jump came out in 1992. 
Um, this is actually a sports comedy mm-hmm. buddy film. Um, basically about two uh, guys that play street ball and they hustle people out of money. And one of them gets like stuck in a, in a dilemma where he like loses all his money. He loses the other guy's money. Yeah. And um, just, a, just a really fun movie to watch. And the chemistry between Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson, top notch. Yeah. Good stuff. Oh, Good stuff. Man. Um, my movie is, uh, my last one is uh, Lethal Weapon. And uh, That's like the ultimate, I think. Yeah. Lethal Weapon just had a, you know what, just as a buddy comedy, the way that, that, that the script was uh, written was just amazing. Because even, even extras in that movie had lines. Everybody had lines in that movie, man. And the banter between everybody just seems like... Remember when we were talking about the banter that's in uh, Steven Spielberg movies? It was just like that with... Uh, like Every time they were at the station, it was like somebody was talking to somebody else. And this, and this person jumps into the conversation. And then you just see somebody else jump to the... So they're all having a conversation, but... Really, this actor is just going to the. He's just going to his table, grabbing some stuff, and then he's like, "Hey, hey, hey everybody, take take a look at this." And you can actually hear their conversation, and they're they're having an actual, like they're actually talking. And I'm like, "Yo, this is amazing." But that director, he's also directed um, all the Lethal Weapons. Nice guys. Actually, I found out no, no, we thought that it was directed by Shane Black, uh-huh. and it's not. Oh, it's not. It's not. The person who directed the Lethal Weapon movies is Richard Donner, who directed uh, The Goonies, which makes sense because okay. it has that type of banter. Um, he also directed <laughs> uh, the Superman movie, part one, and he directed like half of part two. But yeah, really? it was Richard Donner, man, because I was watching uh, Lethal Weapon the other day, mm-hmm. and I, I, I went to Netflix, and I saw his name pop up in all... Three or four movies they did. Four. They, they did, did four. four, man. Yeah, yeah. that's he, amazing. He directed all four of them. Wow. So he didn't direct Nice Guys. He did not. Direct what Shane, about a Shane Black directed Nice Guys. He did Iron Man three, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Last Action Hero, which kind of feels like that. Yeah. Type of. Would you call that a buddy a buddy comedy movie? A yeah. Buddy cop movie. Absolutely. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger, but like his buddy's a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Man, that shocked me. That shocked me. I, I completely forgot to tell you. I was going to tell you that too last week. Man. I am. Let me just, let me confirm that. You Because know it was it, on Netflix, but I just want to confirm, confirm, like 100% confirm that. That's yeah, why. Yeah, Richard Donner. You yeah. know, because, you know, not a lot of people liked it, uh, liked uh, the last uh, Iron Man movie because they didn't like the whole thing about him not really being in the suits and stuff. But I liked it because I'm like, yo, man, uh, it was directed by the guy because this whole time, I'm like, oh, it was directed by the guy who did Lethal Weapon. I'm like, I see it. I see Lethal Weapon in this movie because they're over here shooting guns. They're over here. The funny banter between both of them. I'm like, yo, it's a funny movie. This is a good, like, a cop movie. But I guess you could say it was more like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang then and The Nice Guys, not Lethal yeah. Weapon. Yeah. Because those movies had funny banter and everything. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah, man. See, Richard Donner, bro. Oh, well, good on you, man. Good <laughs> on you, sir. Good on you. And uh, I think that's it, man. Yeah, that's that's our time, you guys. Um, oh, before we go, um, we mentioned this in the last podcast. 
We're going to mention it again. I'm going to do a special event on the Facebook page. We will be streaming live on Friday, August 19th from Lauderdale Comics. It's going to be a special um, comic book film and TV episode. We're going to have the owner and the managers from Lauderdale Comics on the podcast. And like I said, we're going to be streaming live through Facebook. So be sure to check that out. Um, We're going to be talking all about comic book films and movies. I actually got to talk to the manager uh, last week. I just went over to just formally introduce myself because we were communicating back and forth through email. And this guy really knows his stuff, man. Really? Knows this. I told him, I'm like, dude, you're going to take over this podcast because, like, I know about comic book movies, but you know about comic books in general. Like, this guy (laughs) is, like, he just started going and going and going. I was like, whoa. Whoa, dude. Like, that's awesome. And um, you could tell, I'm going to kind of spoil it a little bit. He's, like, a little bit of, like, a DC fan. Oh, really? So... I, I don't think he's gonna shit on Marvel movies. He he says that there there were Marvel movies that he liked. You know he he liked them, but but he said that he liked. The, but uh, he did like Batman. He's actually one of the few that liked the, the Batman, original? the original Batman versus Superman theatrical version. Well, that's and, a question I gotta ask that guy. And he's gonna explain it. He's gonna explain why. And um, I kind of respect wait, his answer. He he prefers that over. Oh no no he liked he liked the extended version. He liked yeah he really liked it. But he he said he was one of the few people that liked the theatrical version. But he expl- he explained it to me live. I mean at the store and I was like, okay man, all right you got to go over nah. this. You got to go over this during the podcast. So. Mm. And now uh, we're gonna have some fun questions, uh, some fun scenarios, and we're gonna come up with an interactive game. Uh, we haven't confirmed exactly what the prizes are going to be. We're going to like be asking questions through the live feed. First person to answer gets a prize. We will let you know in the upcoming weeks or maybe just on that day what the prizes are going to be. So check check that out. Check Look out for that. Yeah, It's going to be lit. It's going to be live. It's going to be us, I guess. But... um. <laughs> That's it. That's our time, everybody. I hope everybody had a good time listening to us uh, banter. Uh, if you guys have any comments or concerns or questions, or you can regale us in conversation, um, you can hit us up on the SoundCloud on the chat. That's on the bottom. Uh, you can hit us up on Facebook. Uh, and you can email us at cttpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget, we're also on iTunes. Yeah, we're also on stitcher.com. We're now on Google Play Music. Yeah. Um, um, and don't forget to check out our host uh, s- podcast, Cheaper Than Therapy. Yeah. We're on, uh, yeah, we're, we're all over the place. Um, just uh, keep your ears to the streets and stop beating your meat. Bye. <laughs>